Welcome to the A Show, the alternative alternative show in the honor of the alternative universe and the alternative facts and all the alternative things that we should look into. Whatever facts and all that that we have straight ahead, right? Uh, my name is BK. This is January 24th episode. Uh, my, I, 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 if I sound really down, no, I'm not sad or anything. I'm just extremely tired. Um, just came back from San Francisco uh, for the weekend trip. And then, uh, well, actually, this is January 25th edition, recording on 24th. And then, um, you know, I, I, I just downed, uh, like, some bread for some reason. I, I'm having, like, a sugar craving the last two days. I had, like, a cheese roll, cheese ball thing at some coffee shop. I didn't eat lunch before some uh, customer meeting. I just ate it. It's like, it's like an eclair bar or something. I downed it. I was like, I feel guilty. But, you know, I did it. And then I did it again just now, and then I'm just craving for sweet bakery stuff. I pretty much wiped the entire, you know, pre, you know, bakery closure time, you know, the rack, and then the stock, and then it was like thirty-five dollars worth of bread and whatever stuff, ice cream and all that. I didn't eat every every one of it, but I ate a couple of it. And then the lady at the bakery counter asked, like, "Gee, what's going on?" Like, like. You're not gonna eat all that tonight, are you? It's like, no, 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 no. I'm gonna put them in the freezer and then I'm gonna keep them. I'm just having a terrible sugar craving because of this 1300 calorie diet, which I'm lowering it to 1200 even more. Um, so I the, the the update on the weight situation and then the calorie counting, the miserable calorie counting. I got to the lowest point this morning, dead on, 160. I was like, God damn, I'm really five pounds away from this thing. And but the bad thing downside is um I kind of cut the calories a lot and then I think I'm starting to feeling the need for carbs and carbohydrates, just rice and bread or noodles or whatever. And then bread I think is one of them. Sugar too, just that's part of carbs too, right? I just need energy. I realize it's stupid to just do chicken breast and like broccolis and carrots because yeah, there's some carbs, but like you can't just do it on protein. Carb is your gas and for your engine. Okay, fine. I I I get it. So and then you know I felt like I reached the plateau last week when I was like one sixty three or one sixty two point nine or something. I was like I can't do this anymore. I'm not going any lower. And I finally did. And then I was like, holy shit, I got to one sixty one. And then this morning I got to holy shit, I got to one sixty. But I realized like f- last week Friday just before I went to San Francisco and all that, I was pretty drained. I was pretty tired. You know, and then when I went to go work out, I I did half the reps for one less set with, you know, and then I was like, dude, I'm I'm really out. And then the cardio, too. I usually do 25, 30 minutes a day. I was down to just 18 minutes. I just cut it short. I was like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm out of it. I'm out of whatever. So that night, I ended up eating two slices of pizza. I was happy because it filled up, I guess, all the bad, bad snacking. But, you know, I still got down to 160. I was like, all right, I could have one cheat day. And then San Francisco could be a cheat day, too, which I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. But, um, you know, and I I just caved in. I, I couldn't I couldn't resist. I had the almond butter and celery sticks, too. But I just said, that's not sugar. I need sugar. I need carb, something. And then now I feel good. And then I down two bottles of water. I, can, I don't know. I guess I feel pretty dehydrated a little bit, too. And then I feel full. My wa- my stomach feels like a water bottle <laughs> or the water balloon a little bit. But that's okay. I think I'm tip-topping at 164.5 right now. 
So before I started recording this, I was like, "All right, it's okay, it's okay. You, you have those moments." So tomorrow, tomorrow is another day. You know, eat right, burn right, you know all that stuff. And then、uh, hopefully by the end of the week, I get to the stable 160. Hopefully get to 159. You know, before I get to New Mexico. So that's the plan. So New Mexico trip is this weekend. So, anyways, what happened? All right, let's talk about the.、Uh, oh, by the way, I didn't watch the bad thriller last night. I completely forgot. I passed out because <laughs> I was so tired. Uh, from the one day travel, um. So all all I'll say about the Bachelor, cause I only got a recap off of the Snapchat channel on Bachelor that comes up every Tuesday, which is a whole bunch of people just watching the show, uh, for two hours, and it sounds like they went to Nick's house in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, which is probably the most dive, you know, the most segregated city in America at the moment. Go look that up, and they went to go pick up cow poop, cause he grew up in a cheese farm or some shit. And then Kareen got into beef with everybody once again. Taylor, the Seattle chick, finally stepped up and said, "Why was the maturity in you, girl?" Blah 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 blah. And then you know, Tate, Kareen just obliterated her. I can't say that word right. You know, like, "Well, bitch, shut the fuck up," or something along that line. But anyways, I'm glad Taylor's getting her whatever thing right because she's not that great, and she's younger than Kareen again. She's twenty. Kareen's twenty-four. Taylor's twenty-three. What gives Taylor the right to tell Kareen that she doesn't have the maturity to marry Nick, a 36-year-old man? Whatever. What the hell? Seattle chick, I cannot support her. What gives her the right? It's just a pure arrogance. Anyways, I'm gonna leave that at that because I haven't seen any of it. I don't know if all the black people are still on that show. I don't know if they're still arriving, standing. I'll do my research, but I don't think I'm gonna go back watching that show. My these trips are really tiring, so I'll be I'll be passing out every Monday. Uh, so what happened in San Francisco? How did that chronologically go? Well, here's what happened. Uh, this was the second trip out of many that's coming in the next few weekends、uh, before the spring comes.、Uh, this is this is one of the two truly one day trips that I am taking. The other one is Anchorage, Alaska, in about a month. I know. Um, I left. I woke up at three fifty. I went to sleep at twelve thirty the you know night before, if you would call that a night. After getting two pizzas and a beer,、um, and then got to the airport by four forty in the morning because、uh, the flight was at five fifty eight or something. So you know I wanted to be safe at least hour hour early. So I drove to the airport. I parked at the airport. Got through the security line pretty fast. You know. Didn't eat breakfast, uh, because uh, as soon as I got out of San Francisco and get off the station, we we're gonna go get some food, uh, me and a friend. And then, uh, yeah, I didn't have any luggage. I didn't have anything. I didn't even have a carry-on bag. I just, you know, had a what is it, the battery pack and then one cable in my jacket pocket, wallet, phone, uh, Bluetooth headset. You know, it's all good. So I look either like a thug or a spoiled. Asian child who has a charter flight or some shit, but I don't. I I fly coach with Alaska. Okay. Um. So, I thought, you know, based on the San Diego trip last, last last week, uh, the long weekend, the I had a backpack at that time, and then that backpack barely fit、uh, fit under the, stow get stowed under. So I was like, all right, maybe if I don't have anything. I'll have more leg room and I'll be more comfortable. Ah,、uh-uh. like the old Stone Cold Steve Austin said. Ah,、uh-uh. it's not that comfortable. Stretching your leg there doesn't make it automatically comfortable at all. 
I actually got so used to just keeping my seating position, my knees 90 degrees, that you know, spreading my leg under there is not exactly making it natural seating position. If I, you know, you know, pull my seat all the way back and actually lie down and stretch my legs, that would make sense. But there's someone behind me and I don't want to be that asshole just pulling it all the way back and be like, yeah, I'm sleeping. Flight is only 90 minutes too from here. So what the hell? So I found that leg room thing really overrated. I was like, ah, you know what? It, it doesn't, that backpack, you know, as long as it fits under, it's okay. So lessons learned right there. I actually felt more comfortable on the way back later at night when there was nobody on nobody on the flight, 9.30 at night, 9 o'clock at night. And then I had nobody sitting beside me and I had the window seat and I could actually turn a little bit. I didn't stretch my leg all the way across all three seats but and then move my knee over to the second seat and the middle seat was more comforting than putting my leg underneath, you know, having some balance there. So there's that. And then I realized that the flight is really short and the internet is actually free for T-Mobile customers. So I didn't have to pay extra, extra pass or anything or they give you just an hour pass or anything. So you could, you know, do things, Snapchat, Instagram, if you want to. That wasn't so bad. And then uh, we got, I landed and then it was like 7.30, 7.40 in the morning. Started walking. I went straight to the BART station. I memorized what time the train that I'm looking for is going to come, the Pittsburgh uh, Bay Line. Uh, and then I had to get off at the 24 Mission Street. Uh, station 24 missions station mission street station yeah you know you get the idea it's one of the two mission district uh stops in san francisco one is 16 one is 24 so i get off and then uh it was surprisingly sunny i didn't bring my sunglasses because i was expecting rain and cloud i was very shocked it was a little chilly granted but Wow, and then uh, I look around, and since the Mission District neighborhood is a lot of Latin American influence and uh, all that stuff, you hear the Mexican church stuff, and then uh, a lot of homeless people too. But that area again has been, you know, gentrified a lot. You know, Uber moving in, Twitter getting close, you know, all that stuff. So, you know, a lot of the shops close. And then I saw as we were walking, you know, I saw CrossFit gyms. You know, the murals are still there. Uh, vegan Japanese, vegan sushi restaurant, which I still don't understand. Some overrated jean store, bunch of thrift shops, you know, blah, blah, blah. Usual hipster yuppie shit. Yuppie, not yuppie. Yuppie is a mascot for the Montreal Habs. Um, and then, uh, we, we got a food. It was a bomb food. And then we ended up walking, walking, walking. We walked good 40 minutes and then we got to the Dolores Park. Uh, which I never been to actually, and then uh, you could see the the downtown San Francisco if you go up a hill hill a little bit, and I was like, wow, actually you can see that, and you know, get take the picture, get that Snapchat moment a little bit, you know, and then uh, we said, ah, what do we do? And by this time it was like twelve one or something, but we ate huge breakfast. So I was like, all right, we're not getting lunch anytime soon, so we just decided to head down to the downtown San Francisco to the Powell Station. And then, uh, you know, the mall is there, the usual. And then, uh, actually, the protest by this time hasn't started yet because of the protest or the march, women's march. It was scheduled for 3 o'clock in the Civic Center in San Francisco. And I'm sure it was the same for downtown Oakland by the city hall there. So, uh, BART lines were expecting huge delays. Uh, but up to this time, it was okay. We're in the downtown area. And then uh, I see a lot of new buildings coming up. 
I don't know who's who or what's what. One of them's a Salesforce building. One of them's some Trump Towers or something. And then we're walking, and then there's this uh, interesting-looking building in orange, and it was called the uh, SFMOMA. And I was like, San Francisco MoMA? What the fuck is that? And they're like, oh, it's a Museum of Modern Arts. All right, there's the acronym right there. And then I'm like, I don't know San Francisco had an art museum. It's like, is it famous? I mean, I guess. Like, if you have tech money, like, you know, Steve Jobs lovers, you know, I guess you have one of those, right? And then uh, they're like, yeah, it was actually open six months ago. And I was like, oh, really? And then I assume if it opened six months ago, downtown San Francisco, this art museum attendance fee must be like, ooh, $19. It won't be $20, would it? We walk in. A lot of people. It's pretty popular, apparently. And um, it was $25. $25 for the fucking art museum that just opened. I was like, all right, this this motherfucker better have some nice shit that I get inspired or get my emotion moving or some shit. It was seven floors, too. I was like, holy shit, I better get my money's worth here. $25 for art museum. Georgia O'Keeffe Museum is $13. Uh, Matt Museum, I guess, is $24 that I paid two years ago. But that's fucking New York, not San Fran. New York is an art place, all right? I get it. Like, you know, so I was like, $25? Like, Jesus, what, couldn't there be a venture capitalist who could have donated that? Why do we have a $5 lunch delivery, but we have to pay $25 for something more educational outside just one meal? Anyways, we walk in, and then, um, you know, I, I like art museums because, uh, you know, a lot of guys generally aren't, you know, museum people. But I enjoy art. I don't know why. You know, good or bad. You know, I'm not, I'm not an art junkie. But I generally like abstract, you know, senseless shit that kind of evokes the emotion. I think that's a point of art. Oh, my God. I, you know, this is where Meryl Streep then comes in, right? Like, it's mixed martial arts and football. That's all we all have left, which aren't arts. I, I don't give a shit, okay? I, like... Yeah, film and all that's art, but I, I like being, you know, I like paintings that makes no sense to absolutely nobody. And, you know, they had Andy Warhol because uh, a lot of these stuff is uh, donated by the Gap people. I forgot the family name all of a sudden, but the Gap people had a lot of the you know, artwork. And Andy Warhol was there. And then um, what was the other two? Uh, Ellsworth James. I think that was the other other one I really Ellsworth James no that's James Ellsworth that's WWE what am I talking about Ellsworth Kelly sorry and then um what is it Pierre Guston Pierre Guston Gaston Guston Art God dang I forgot the guy's name he was Canadian he was born in Canada and then uh but um his uh abstract you know expression of shit was really good I I enjoyed it Guston I think I didn't take pictures I think uh, Philip Guston that was his name um. I think Andy Warhol's overrated. I I really think so. I I don't understand the fascination with him. I think I do. I I think I do understand the fascination with him, but I think I I just don't think it's my thing. So he was the first like artist to use celebrities in his artwork. So he put his style is basically Instagram before Instagram. And then the fact that he used celebrities like Elvis, Marlon Brando, you know James Dean and all these guys. You know celebrities have been like, oh my god, like you use different colors and patterns on on this. Like it's different. I guess I would understand if you're in that time and be like, dude, this guy was an Instagram filter by himself, using photographs, existing photographs. 
but ha- how had I guess it influenced you know the the current I guess I underappreciate his you know contribution to art if you look at it that way but when I look at Andy Warhol's you know, like you know soup and all that you know Campbell soup and all those things I I I don't get it I guess there's a unique style to it but it doesn't you know evoke any emotion or joy or anything I just look at it and go that's a fucking soup when I look at what is it the Philip Guston one painting that I really I don't know it just struck my emotion was a it was a one piece called 4M if you look it up on Google you'll find it it's like abstract like abstract you know, expressionist stuff like random colors throwing left and right I really like those you know not every single one of them hits I don't try to make them hit me either but if I instantly look at it and then I get some feeling out of it I go like oh wow I'll never forget that one and then the 4M was one of them it felt like I'm getting my heart ripped out and then I actually fell down looking at it I was like oh shit I feel like I feel like I just got rejected hard time I don't know. That's what it looked like. And then it says 4M. And I was like, who the fuck was M for this dude? Must be Mary or some shit. Or Maria. or I don't know. And then Ellsworth Kelly. Uh, I think that was the uh, minimalist uh, artist work that he did. A lot of the painting sculptor stuff. His his thing is with the color uh, painting and then the minimalism and all that stuff. And, you know minimalism that was like a fucking grandiose word for like apple lovers and apple fanboys out there masturbating to all the fucking oh minimalism you know all that shit you know ease of use but i i just like it's not just the minimalism the way he used the color and experimenting with the colors how hard and solid and rigid and bold it is i i just can't get it out of my head i can't remember particular pieces different shapes that he used like you know something as simple as triangle or some odd shape. It's not an impossible inception shape, but it's just memorable. It just like brings joy. It's like ah. And then this was at the near the end of the uh, exhibit. It's like on the sixth floor or something, because the seventh floor is all digital media art. And then I just go, this is very refreshing. Looking at yellow, red, green, blue, with half circle. I don't know. I said I feel good. This is a nice way to end this trip. You know, after all the abstract art shit, you know. And then, you know, I when I look at the abstract expressionists, go, going back to, like, Philip Guston and all those other guys, I can't remember everybody, like Jackson Pollock. Jackson Pollock, I, he's not my style because he uses a lot of different colors to do it. I like some of the artwork where they just, like, paint it all blue, same color, indigo blue, blue, you know, a little bit of white blue, lighter blue, and all that stuff. And then if you look at it closely... I started laughing because I saw one of them. God, I'm, I wish I would have remembered the artist's name. There's like a one thin red line that goes all the way from top to bottom. That's like 40 feet tall. And I just started laughing. And I'm like, dude, this motherfucker had the audacity to draw the line all the way across through the blue. Because what people will see is just the blue. But I see there's some yellow that's hidden in there and then some red what is the interpretation of it i don't know i didn't have the fucking time to sit there and stare at it for half an hour because i had seven floors to go through and i paid 25 dollars however i'll never forget that i forgot the guy's name i'm, I'm gonna look it up but two guys i really like was philip guston 
uh, for 4M. And a lot of the red that he uses, Philip Guston, his use of red is very interesting. It's a, it's a lot of cadavery like Maybe that's why I, f I found the 4M piece really, like, chilling. But I like it. The fact that it, gave, it you know, evokes certain emotions out of me. It just, and then you just remember that moment. I, I find that a good art. Andy Warhol drawing Marlon Brando over and over. I'm like, eh, you know, it's cool. And then I guess I understand why the celebrities love him. You know, it's like, draw me, draw me. But I just don't feel Warhol so much. So there's that. Uh, that was the art museum. It was pretty cool. And then uh, we had Super Duper Burger, which was okay. I I had a single patty burger, and the patty was really salty tasting, and the uh, bun was all right. And then for the price, you know, I guess it's like a Five Shack. It, didn't, it, it felt like a Five Shack San Francisco version. It was all right. I don't think it was that great, but maybe I need to get the uh, Super Duper Burger with the two patties. Then maybe it makes sense instead of just one patty. So I'll try that next time. But it was eh. Then after that, we hang out and then... Uh, it was time to go back to the airport for me. It was like, by that time, it was like 6 o'clock. And then my flight was at 9. I wanted to get to the airport by 7.20 or some shit. And uh, I get to the, what is it, the bar station. Uh, and the march started at 3 from the Civic Center. And the people were walking up all the way through up to like Powell Station, Montgomery, and all that shit. And then some people are getting out of that march to whatever thing they're attending. You know, forgetting the important social cause that they had to do this. Rush down to the station for some reason. And I just like stand there. The two lines were coming down south. One is Daly City. Goes down only down to Daly City. The other one is SFO Millbrae. If you want to go catch a Caltrain. I'm looking for the SFO Millbrae line. To get to the airport. I just want to stand, sit. Half an hour and get all the way down to the airport. Because that's the end of the line. Daily City, nah, I don't want to go to the Daily City and wait for the air, airplane, uh, airport line, whatever. Obviously, the crowd was huge. The march was memorable. I saw, I took a picture of uh, one guy who, a guy, held a sign that said, Viva la Volva. Volva. And I was like, ha, ah, that's funny. And then I took an Instagram story of a video of a child who screamed, resist, resist. And I was like, what, what do you know what to resist? Come on, young little girl. What do you know? What did your mommy tell you? And I saw a lot of families come out too with a rain jacket and shit because it started raining after 4 o'clock or so. Um, and I go, you know, this is great. This is great. But then uh, a lot of white families, not too many Asian people, not, not a lot of Asian women or black women I see. Again, then it's San Francisco. But it has Asian people. Where did it go? I'm sure all the Chinese and Korean moms are like, you don't go out there. You stay home. Not your president. Not my president either. But you stay You stay home and study or something. You know, go do your taxes. Go do laundry. Right? That's how Asian parents are. That's why Asian people don't have a nice, uh, what is it? The general, you know, acceptance in the American society, in my opinion, or in general. Like, you never get out there. You never speak like I do. You never, you never do shit. Like, politically, who the hell knows? Who does Chinese people vote for in this election? Korean people are more Republican, but people don't know that. And that's why Republicans love Asian people. It's like, ah, those are the model minorities. They shut up and do their thing and then contribute to the society, unlike the blacks and Mexican people who speak and rap and dance too much and world star hip-hop, right? Ah, shut up. Anyways, I'm a, I, I'm a fan of world star hip-hop, okay? And I talk a lot of shit. So, anyways... Uh, I just noticed that. And then I'm glad that this protest also happened in other non-traditionally non-liberal places like Knoxville, you know, 
Cleveland, I guess. Uh, you know, Atlanta and all those places. That's good. I'm I'm glad that those voices are there. Like the Bill Maher show. He's like, we're still here. That's a slogan. Yeah, you're still here. That's good. That's good. At the same time, it blocked all the traffic. And then I didn't plan this trip ahead, you know, knowing that that would be this March, right? Given the inauguration, nobody showed up. One and a half million people showed up. No, Donald, no one. There wasn't one and a half million. You're lying. You're fake news. You're fake news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But why would why would one and a half million people show up to listen to the Bane speech for 16 minutes? That's a waste of a flight. What are you talking about? It's like you said, give the power back to the, back to the people. Back to the people. Who else said that? Bane. We're going to give the power back to the to the people of Gotham. I'm doing a terrible fucking Bane impression. I generally do okay, but anyways. You know, Bane says, like, it's corrupt. I can't do it. Anyways, I'll do that next time. But anyways, people on the internet said, you know, Trump ripped off Bane and all that shit. Uh, well, I went really off tangent there. So anyways, back to the bar station. There is something that happened at the bar station before I got back up in Seattle. Okay? So what happened? So... Daily City trains kept coming, and then it was backed up a lot, and then two of them came through. And then finally, after waiting uh, 10 minutes, the San Francisco uh, airport bus, uh, the train came. I wanted to get on, but there are a lot of people ahead of me that wanted to get to other parts of San Francisco, like Balboa Park, uh, South San Francisco, blah, 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 admission neighborhoods and all that. I let those people ahead, you know, they were ahead of me. Get on, get on. And then I was like, all right, I see a little bit of spot. Maybe I could fit in. It felt like Tokyo, but I will fit in. As soon as I attempt to get in, this one lady starts yelling back, you know, no, no. Like Trump saying, no, no. And then like, no, get out, get out. And then like, what is this, a fucking Trump rally? Like the the white lady yelling at me. And then like, you you can't go, you got to go. And then I'm like, what gives you the fucking right? You know, and then like, there was a one moment. And then, you know, this lady obviously came from a march or something, too, to be that voiceress and all that shit. I go, like, there was one moment I said, we should have a chance saying SJ-Dub, SJ-Dub, like they do have an ECW chant, ECWC-Dub. And then I'm like, these motherfuckers. And I finally said, I'm just trying to catch my flight, which is in about two and a half hours and or like, you know, something like a couple hours or something. Yeah, I need to catch my flight. And uh, I don't live here. Sorry. It did like... Everybody shut up after that on that train. But I didn't get on. I was like, fuck it. I don't want any more trouble. I'll just wait. I had a little bit of time too. You know, I saw... I looked up and I was like, all right, the next SFO train is coming in 15 minutes. Next Daily City, two minutes, five minutes, you know, stuff like that. They keep rolling the Daily City one through because a lot of people are just getting on and a lot of the trains were backed up. I knew this would happen if... But... Anyways, I got out, and then I was just like, wow, that, that was an unpleasant moment. I felt like that's how it feels like a Trump rally with more women. <laughs> and then, and then uh, you know, and then there was a one moment in my head. I was like, dude, I thought these are liberal, liberacis and, like, really caring people. And then, like, this is what I get in San Francisco. And then I started just ranting in my head, just hating on these people. Like, look, if you're so liberal and caring and all that shit, we're still here. Black people are still here. Gay people are still here. Vagina is still here. Why the fuck are you yelling at me for, for trying to get on? And then you all rush into this train. By the way, why is everyone in a fucking rush to get on a train after two, three-hour rally or the march? 
Aren't you supposed to be for the social cause and justice, peace and love and all that shit? Wasn't that the point of this thing and understanding? I wasn't taking away your abortion rights. I was just trying to get on the fucking train. Why are you yelling at me? Why are you all in a rush to get in this train? Oh, I gotta go to this thing at a uh, mission district at 8 o'clock. So, uh, so we can talk about the social issue even more. Go, go, go. Move, move, move. Get in, get in, get in. You're no different. You're no different than some other asshole. And I was just like, I just had that moment in my head just cursing, trying to figure out what to rant. And I'm like, I'm never coming back here at these hypocrites and all that shit in my head. Yeah, I sound really angry. I was because I was a little urgent knowing how shitty the San Francisco airport is. Anyways, I calmed down. I backed off a little bit, waiting for my train. You know, let the daily city people go through. I talked to the bar, bar guy there and then the, the train guy. And I was like, hey, uh, you in San Francisco airport one coming? I got an airplane one to catch. He radioed the guy in the back. It's our SFO line coming. Which backed up right now. All right. 12 minutes. 12 minutes. Okay. All right. Thanks. And I was like, yeah, uh, it's about going to be like, uh, it's backed up a lot, man. There's keep sending the daily city line through, you know, you look at all these people, right? And I was like, yeah, yeah, thanks, man. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And I've been saying that a lot. Don't worry about it. Um, And then, you know, I sit back and then I just talk to random people. I don't know why. I just felt like, fuck. And then like, it, it became 12 minutes, but then two more trains came, had to go through. It's like, it, I ended up standing there a good 25 minutes, but that was okay. I didn't mind standing. So I talked to a random lady there. Who was beside me? He's like, so you guys were at the protest of the march. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, he's like, like, yeah. I just was visiting, and then um, I, I figured I didn't know there was a march when I booked this ticket, and then like, oh, really? Blah blah blah. And then that lady that I was talking to turns out she's been living in San Francisco for about uh, forty-five years or something. And then she told me we got she's from Calgary, and I was like, oh, I'm from Toronto area. I was like, oh, cool, cool, cool. And then you know, you know, Canadians being nice and all that shit. And she told me about her story, you know, when she came, how she came to San Francisco in the 60s, uh, where her friend at that time, who were already lived in San Francisco when they were 21, just said, you know what, let's just move. And then, like, they moved. And, but then one of the immigration thing they did at that time was, like, you know, you do the health, you know, if you want to go to get a residency, you got to do a medical check. You got to do blood work, piss work, and all that shit. And I was like, yeah. So what they did, had to do was they had to get a blood sample. And then I guess it was for TB or something. And then the person that was in charge of looking at this blood sample was a border officer at that time. And I'm it was like, and then I just started rolling my eyes like, are you serious? That really happened? Yeah, the guy just shook the blood and he looked at it. and He goes like, ah, blood looks clean. It's good. It's good. There you go. You're welcome to America. And I was like, really? Like She rolled her eyes too. It's like, yeah, I know, right? And then like, we just laughed about it, you know, all that stuff. And then, you know, and then I started feeling good again. And then we got on the next train. And then I got to the airport and did the, you know, the usual complaining of San Francisco airport fucking sucks. Especially A-terminal, the so-called international terminal. I don't know why Alaska domestic lines are in that one. That security line is god-awful. So, you know, I feel good. And then I don't hate the San Francisco people as much by this point. And I got to the security line. I didn't ha Again, I didn't have anything. Looking either suspicious or arrogant. And I just needed one basket. And we're running. I need. I see that we're running out of baskets in our line. For the body scanner. And then the x-ray. I see this guy. I see four last baskets. Two guys ahead of me. He takes all four. And I was like what the fuck. 
And then I what I ended up doing is like we started grabbing the basket from another line. We had to kind of like weave our way under the rope and all that shit to get all those baskets. Because lazy ass TSA guys at the SFO won't bring them and replace them super fast, which goes with the inefficiency of the stupid San Francisco International Airport's TSA security line. Anyways, we got through. And then uh, I, I got my shit out after the scanner. I was putting my shit on. And I see the guy who took the four baskets and then. Turns out he had three laptops and one basket was for his pocket items and jacket and all that shit and his shoes, right? And I go like, damn, man, that's a lot of laptops. You know, it's, you know, we work at because I assume it's for the work for the security policy. You have to carry three. It's like, yeah, I work with security. Uh, I work for by this type. And then I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't recognize. I thought he said Google. And then by this time, I was like super tired and exhausted from walking almost 10 miles. So I was like, Oh, cool, man. It's like, and then it turns out he actually lives in Seattle and works in Seattle. Used to live in San Francisco. And I was like, you know, a little bit of chat while he's getting his shit back together. And I was like, yeah, you know what? Uh, I'll see you actually at the gate. I got to go grab your stuff. I'll get you a belt yourself and buckle yourself and all that shit. All right. And then put your shit together. I'll see you up there. And then like we ended up talking. I was like half nauseated, you know, exhausted. And then I was like, we were talking and then it's just you know what it's like working in seattle versus in uh san francisco for the tech company just security stuff in general i always get fascinated by it you know breaking systems hacking and all that that was cool and then uh you know uh, i didn't go i didn't give my number but i got his uh, business card and like oh cool man you i'll reach out so like we'll get a beer or something i was so out of it by this time so i was like i was like I sound like I'm slurring and shit. I didn't drink, but like, yeah, but uh, you know what? It was a it was a fruitful, productive trip. And you know, aside from seeing a friend, good friend, eating, hanging out, walking, you know, I didn't think I was gonna see an art museum. I got to see the art museum, so that was pretty good. Uh, you know, and um, talking to random people, see the march in the most liberal city in America, the Nancy Pelosi city, the one that Bill O'Reilly hates. You know, all that shit. You know, it's not that bad, you know. And then you see the gentrification happening firsthand. Uh, and then, um, you know, talk to random people and get random stories. And that's the point of these uh, shotgun weekend trips. I I feel sane. It's as exhausting as it is. But um, it's good that, like, just, like, steering a conversation with random people. I don't know. I find that interesting and fascinating and get stories. And uh, I guess that's how you network and tell the story. So I have something to tell today. And it went over 34 minutes. God, I didn't think it was going to go this long. I wanted to talk about other stuff, too. But, ah, what the hell. That was the point of these shotgun trips, right? So, anyways, I'm going to leave it at that for this week. Uh, thanks for listening. If you're listening to this far, I'm sorry for the terrible Bane impression and all that stuff. Um, you know, I'll do a better job of being impression next time. I was like, it's like, uh, I I try to think of a pain line. I can't think of it right now. But um, anyways, this weekend, uh, going to New Mexico, Albuquerque, Santa Fe. So we're gonna try to figure that out. I'm sure I'll have something. The weather's gonna be interesting. Go to the Georgia O'Keeffe Museum. That's only thirteen dollars. The Georgia O'Keeffe kicks ass. So uh, we're gonna see some of that shit. Green chili, red chili. Which one? Uh, I like the green chili better. So get that. And then Albuquerque. That's where the Breaking Bad is backgrounded in, right? So uh, we're gonna see some Breaking Bad shit because I wasn't a fan of the Breaking Bad when last time I was there five years ago. So uh, we'll figure that out and then uh, let's see how Trump does his shit. I, I'm pretty mad at him for opening his mouth last week. So anyways, I'll, I'll do an offsode on it. I gotta do a UFC MMA uh, 
WWE off so I guess uh, I'll do that when I get time in a couple days I got some stuff I gotta take care of so anyways thanks for listening uh, keep subscribing on iTunes leave a review or something iTunes Google Play Music Stitcher TuneIn Radio I'm on all that stuff A show with a thumbs up you know you know where it is Facebook uh, all that stuff do that thing and then uh, have a good week and I'll talk about next week